Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. The Eagles' 2019-20 season is over as they lost to the Seattle Seahawks 17-9 and a very disappointing defeat that had a story uh, much bigger than the game itself, and that is the injury to Carson Wentz. His first playoff game, he finally reached a playoff game but was knocked out midway through the first quarter because of a controversial hit by Seahawks defensive end Jadavian Clowney. To break it all down, we got the Hall of Famer from WIP and NBC Sports Philadelphia, Ray Dininger. Ray, good morning. Thanks for joining us. Um, My first question to you is, what did you think of the hit on Wentz? Did you think it was a dirty hit? Do you think it should have been flagged? What was your reaction to that development? Um, Yes, yes, and yes. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I I thought that it was definitely... uh... Uh, a dirty hit. I thought it was definitely a cheap shot, and I absolutely thought it should have been penalized. And I'm, I'm really surprised that it wasn't. To be honest with you, uh, I mean, if we're to take the league at its word that uh, their highest priority is player safety, and they're trying to take dirty hits out of the game, how do you let a hit like that stand in a postseason game? It makes no sense to me. I mean, it's it, to me, it was a penalty like three or four different ways. I mean, it was it was late. It was um, uh, it was helmet to helmet, uh, and you know it's 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 the full body weight on top of a guy who's on the ground sort of thing, which is another way that they're trying to get out of the game. So uh, it's I thought it was definitely a penalty. Uh, I was very surprised that it wasn't called that way. I was even more surprised when I read the referee's interpretation of it after the game. I, I thought he kind of missed the point. And I think the real what's really ironic about it is the fact that that crew, Sean Smith's crew, had called more unnecessary roughness penalties and more roughing the passer penalties than any crew in the National Football League during the regular season. Uh, so this was a crew that had been hypervigilant on those sorts of plays all season. And here you are in a postseason game, and they just let it go. It was, it was sort of hard to explain, but there's no question it had a profound impact on how the game played out. Oh, it certainly did. And, and Sean Smith told, uh, I believe, Zach Berman of The Athletic, the pool reporter, that... Um, Wentz was a runner and didn't give himself up, and the helmet-to-helmet contact contact was incidental. So you said that that just really didn't make any sense. What what did not make sense about what Sean Smith said? Well, the one part of it does make sense. I mean, he yes, he was certainly a runner. Uh, he was certainly he was out of the pocket, and on plays like that, yeah, if, if a quarterback slides, then you can't hit him. But you know, Wentz wasn't sliding. I, I agree with him to that extent. Uh, but it doesn't change the fact that when a guy is already on the ground and you come diving in the way he came diving in, with with driving your shoulder into a guy who's already sort of on the ground, and then you you do a deliver a helmet to helmet hit, it doesn't matter whether you're trying to hit helmet to helmet. The fact is, if it's helmet to helmet, that's supposed to be called. And I I just and to me it was it was just if you just watch the way Clowney approaches him and he sees Wentz is going down. He just his intent is just to drive him into the ground. There's no question about that. So look, if if this is an anything goes kind of league, and and you're just sort of the, let the boys be boys and let them just play, okay, that's one thing. But you can't go on this uh, campaign that the NFL has been on for years that it's all about player safety and we're going to call all these penalties and we're going to get dirty plays out of the game and then let that stand. To me, that's just inconsistent on its face. You said last night on the post game show that if, if Clowney does this next week to Rodgers, um, 
there's definitely going to be a flag thrown. And I and I agree with you. If if, if Genevion Clowney does hit Aaron Rodgers like that next week in the Packers-Seahawks game, then yes, there will be a flag. You also said last night in the postgame show that if Wentz stayed in the game, the Eagles would have won. Why do you believe that's the case? Uh, because one of the things that had really driven the Eagles in the, in the last month of the season when they put together the four-game winning streak um, was Wentz's ability to convert third downs and convert red zone opportunities into touchdowns. That was really what fueled this team down the stretch. Uh, in the four-game winning streak, they had had 15 red zone opportunities and scored 12 touchdowns. They were, they were batting 800 in the red zone. Uh, and I knew with the with the Seattle defense being what it was, which is really not particularly good, uh, and they had been really poor, particularly poor, inside the 20 in the red zone. They were 26th in the league in red zone defense. That if you get red zone opportunities, if the Eagles had gotten red zone opportunities with Wentz at quarterback against this defense, they would have cashed them in. And they had three red zone opportunities in this game and didn't score at all. The things that made Wentz really good when the Eagles were going down the stretch was his ability to score in the red zone and his ability to convert third downs. That's really That was the strength of the team. That was what really fueled the offense. And in this game, they were 0 for 3 in the red zone. And they were 3 for 11 on third down. And they would have certainly been better and more productive than that with Wentz at quarterback. And in a 17 to nine game, it it wasn't that far away. I mean, you could have the game was within reach all the all the time, all for the full 60 minutes. And all you would have needed was to convert one of those red zone opportunities and a couple more third downs. And I don't have any doubt at all that the Eagles would have won the game. But you know, we'll never know that now. And that's one of the things that makes the way the season ended so. So dis- disappointing, because I don't know how much farther they would have gone. I mean, the trip to Green Bay would have been a tough one to mm-hmm. try and beat Green Bay in Green Bay twice in one year. Pretty tall order. But I definitely think they would have gotten out of Philadelphia and, and extended the season by one more week. Uh, no, I, And I agree with you on that. I think that their chances to win last night obviously would have been better if number 11 was on the field. That being said, Josh McCown did drive him down into the red zone before that before they failed in their attempts. Uh, he was able to move the ball a little bit. What did you think of his play? What did you think of Doug's play calling with Josh McCown in the game rather than Wentz? I thought I thought that Doug did a pretty good job with it. I mean, he he didn't try and do too much. Um, he admitted after the game that he sort of scaled down the offense. They took out a lot of the different formation changes. They took away a lot of the motion. They greatly tried to simplify things, which is perfectly logical. Uh, and I thought that Josh, for a 40-year-old guy who hadn't hardly played all year uh, and had never played in a postseason game before, uh, and he thrust him into this situation, I thought he played he played certainly as good as he could play. He certainly couldn't have played harder. Uh, so I can't, I can't criticize him. Um, but the problem was, in those critical areas, he just couldn't execute. Third downs, struggled, three for 11. And once you got really good opportunities down in the red zone, and they had enough. He just couldn't finish the drives. He could drive it, but he couldn't finish the drives. And in the postseason, you know that's that's where you gotta that's where you gotta win the game. If you get those opportunities down inside the twenty, you gotta cash them in. But you know you look at the you look at the 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 whole run of the game. He didn't have a single three and out, which is pretty amazing when you consider. I mean, he played basically the whole game and didn't go three and out a single time. So he was able to execute, I thought, remarkably efficiently for most of the game. Um, but in those critical situations that he wasn't able to deliver. And, you know, you knew in a game like this that, especially when you lose Carson Wentz, you have virtually no margin for error. I mean, a five-yard penalty of one false start can be a drive killer. And that's what the Eagles found themselves up up against. And 
you know, Russell Wilson made the big third down throws and Josh McCown couldn't. That's kind of the story of the game. It is. It is. And, and two players on the Seahawks who contributed greatly to this story of the game. One was Jadavion Clowney for the reasons that we mentioned. And the other was rookie second round wide receiver DK Metcalf, who had a breakout game. Seven, seven, and it's really unfair to say breakout because he's had a very good rookie season. Seven receptions, 160 yards, and a touchdown in his playoff debut. Debut. Meantime, the guy who was taken ahead of him by the Eagles, J.J. Ortega-Whiteside, had 12 snaps, zero targets. He was on the field offensively for 17% of the time. Um, Ray, I, I guess it's kind of a, a hindsight way to look at it, but the Eagles... Could have traded for Clowney before the season. It would have cost a lot, but they could have traded for Clowney. And they certainly could have drafted Metcalf, as, as we've discussed before. Does that make a loss like last night you know, even more painful, considering you know, what could have been? Uh, probably so. I'm, I'm sure it's a big topic of conversation with Eagles fans right now. Uh, and I've been talking about the other rookie-wide receivers that came into the league this year that the Eagles could have had uh, and passed on to draft, to draft uh, Ortega-Whiteside. And, you know, McLaren has made big plays against the Eagles all year, too, the Redskins receiver. He was drafted after Ortega-Whiteside. Metcalf, yes, same. Um, the, you know, I mean, this was a particularly good year for wide receivers. I mean, there were a lot of kids that came into the league and made immediate contributions, big-time contributions. I mean, Metcalf is a big-time contributor to the Seattle Seahawks. It's obvious that Russell Wilson has no problem throwing to him in big spots in the clutch. Um, and, you know, Ortega Whiteside just never got, never got it going. And I, I have to say, in, in, total, in total honesty, I mean, I have to say that going into the draft, if you had given me the choice between Metcalf and Ortega Whiteside, I would have taken Ortega Whiteside mm-hmm. too. I mean, he just he had a better college career. Um, and, I mean, he had, he had a really good career at Stanford. And Metcalf had been hurt a lot, and his, his performance had been very up and down. Based on what you saw of them in college, you probably would have taken Ortega Whiteside. It's hard to criticize the Eagles about that. I didn't, I didn't second-guess them in the draft, so I'm not going to second-guess them now. Mm. But when you see the game play out the way it played out yesterday, and you see how good Metcalf has been, and he's really good, yeah, you look back on it and say, well, I wish I had done something different. But right now, it's, it's, that, it's, it's really in the rearview mirror. And I still believe Ortega Whiteside has the talent to play in the NFL. I, I think he can be... Uh, an Alshon Jeffrey kind of player is really what he is. Not the fastest guy, but a big guy that, that can be good in the red zone and, you know, and outfight defenders for, for high passes and 50-50 balls. I still think he can be that kind of guy. Um, and now you're just going to have to work to make him as good as he can be. But right now, yeah, I agree. And the fans all think it. It looks like it looks like you made the wrong decision. It does. It does. But there is still certainly time for him to improve. There are the young players that, that really emerged over the last month. Greg Ward, Boston Scott, Miles Sanders, of course, emerged over the last month. Carson Wentz showed a lot of maturity and growth as he led the Eagles to the playoffs before last night's unfortunate situation. Ray, what were your overall takeaways of this really bizarre up-and-down season? And, and what, what are your thoughts heading to the offseason? Well, I think you can be encouraged. I mean, I kind of am. Um, the big thing, to me, the big difference going into this offseason than other offseasons, particularly last offseason, is that I think you now feel more confident in Carson Wentz, or you should feel more confident in Carson Wentz as being a quarterback that can be a big-time player and a guy that can win big games for you. Uh, I mean, he did that. He, he did that. It's And that's why 
yesterday was so disappointing. I mean, he had worked so hard and waited so long to get his opportunity to lead this team into the postseason, and there it was. And I, I just got the feeling with the way he finished the year that he was really poised to do well, to, to just carry that momentum into the postseason. And, you know, I certainly thought they would win yesterday, and who knows what happens beyond that. But I think as an Eagles fan, if you look at the way Wentz played down the stretch and the way he rallied this team and the way the guys responded to him and the way he performed under that kind of pressure, um, I think you feel the fans should feel pretty good about their future because, look, it's, it's tough to be a winning team and a real contender in the National Football League unless you have a real quarterback. And I think despite everything that happened yesterday and how disappointing that was. I think the Eagles fans, once they get a chance to kind of catch their breath and get over the disappointment, they can look at this and say, you know what, we have the guy. You know, we, we have the quarterback. This guy can do it. Next year he gets another opportunity. And as long as you have that guy, then I think you have a chance to win. And I think the Eagles should feel that way. One of the best things about the NFL is, unless you are a, an absolute mess, like maybe like the, the Cleveland Browns are, or in some cases the Giants, unless you're an absolute mess, you always have a, a, a fair chance to rebound next season, and in some cases a legitimate chance, as the Eagles do. So it should be a very, very interesting offseason. Ray, thank you for the time as always. Thank you for another fine season of insight and analysis. Uh, we'll probably talk to you before the Super Bowl to, to get a sense of what your thoughts are heading into Super Bowl 54, but I cannot wait to chat more Eagles football with you next season. I look forward to it too, Dave. Thanks a lot. I really enjoyed it. Thanks, Ray. Me too. Hall of Famer Ray Dittinger of WIP and NBC Sports Philadelphia. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.